Starting a business and building a second career after retiring from the military can seem like uncharted territory. Sometimes you just have to roll up your sleeves and go for it. Today on the Financial Operating Base, we'll hear from Scott Arry, U.S. Army veteran and owner of Centex Solar, discussing how he built his solar contracting company from the ground up. Welcome to the Financial Operating Base, a podcast and community to help you, the veteran entrepreneur, to navigate the terrain and accomplish your mission of business success. And joining us today is Scott Airy with Solar Semtex, the owner. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks. It's uh, great, great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Um, it's great to have you on today. Uh, you're a 24-year Army veteran aviation officer. And walk us through that progression of your military career, some highlights there, and then what led you into being an entrepreneur? Sure. No, um, yeah, so I spent uh, just just under 25 years in the Army. Uh, spent it in Army aviation, uh, flying from the earliest time as a Cobra helicopter pilot to Blackhawks and all the things that Army officers do in between. Working at the Pentagon, working um, Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, Central America. It was it was a great 25 years, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, but the second time I came out as an alternate in the brigade command list, I knew it was time for me to, to move on. I, I wasn't going to sit around for another five years. I figured it was really time to start moving into, uh, into the business world where I wanted to be. And how I got into solar was, was really, it was really started at the Army War College. And the, the Army War College, of course, is a place where I'll call it tactical lieutenant colonels start becoming more strategic thinking colonels. And uh, I've recognized that so much of my career had been spent, you know, based on energy of where I'd been <laughs> in Iraq. Um, and I just felt like solar energy was going to be a real big part of, of the future. And I thought, I knew I wanted to stay in Texas, and I knew Texas had always been an energy leader. But I also knew that Texas had this, this real growing deficit of energy production to meet its, its baseline loads. And I just knew that, that solar was going to be important. So I started taking the steps to, to become part of the solar industry. And it was like becoming a you know, brand new kid on the block because it definitely was not the safe way to you know, do it. I, a lot of my friends would say, Scott, I can't believe you're going into that solar, you know, that, that risky solar business. And I'd say, well, gosh, I think it's risky. You're trying to get a government job right now. Remember, I was retiring in around 2012. So I, I had taken, I mean, a, a lot of steps. I had done a couple of weeks in between assignments when I got back from Afghanistan. I actually worked for free for a solar installer down in Austin. And the, the young journeyman electrician I was working with, he, he turns to me on a roof about 104 degrees. He goes, let me get this straight. You're an active duty army colonel working for free on a rooftop in Austin, Texas in 104 degrees. I said, yep. He goes, well, go get the number six wire. <laughs> that's, and that's, and that's, um, I learned, I learned so much from doing that. You know, we, we talk about, you know, little tidbits of quotes you pick up along the way. And one of them was uh, that rich man, four man series. And, you know, you got to work for free to learn the industry. And I remember the time I spent working even just for a couple of weeks for this solar installer 
taught me so much because I knew in my mind I wanted to start this business, Solar Centex. But I think I learned more about what not to do in that whole time there. And I won't bore you with the details of what those lessons were, but I, I still have that notebook with the things I learned from that brief experience. And I would certainly encourage anybody uh, who is retiring that they've got to kind of pay their dues. And sometimes those dues are, are paid with your time, your time and sweat and, and not necessarily with a course. Um, but now fast forward to the time I actually retire. And there's a retired four-star general. He reaches out to one of his uh, former people who runs uh, human resources at Fort Hood. And he's looking for retiring colonels or brigadier generals to help start a solar manufacturing company. And he wasn't actually starting it, but his friend, this used to be the guy who was the U.S. Forces Korea commander. So that's the senior American in Korea. And you can imagine, you, you meet a lot of, of the, the the titans of industry of Korea when you're in that position. And he did. And the, and the, the CEO of OCI Enterprises was starting basically a conglomerate of, of enterprises in San Antonio, Texas, to bring solar down there. Solar manufacturing, uh, project development, um, trackers for the, for the mounting. And a couple of my friends said, Scott, you're just the perfect person for this job. I mean, you, you've been getting ready for solar. And in a way, I really was because I was a retiring Army colonel. Project management is kind of, I guess, part of all of our backgrounds. We've been thrown in these jobs where you really don't know much about it. You just know it needs to get from point A to point B on a certain timeline and a certain budget. So I went to interview. And the funny thing is, is up to this point during retirement, everyone kept talking about how difficult it was to get through the interviews of corporate America, how you had to meet with HR. And here I am sitting in this retired four-star general's uh, ranch, and very befitting a retired four-star general, meeting with the son, who's the chief executive officer of this Korean manufacturing company. And I'm thinking, ah, that wasn't that hard. And to this day, it was my only, first and only interview in corporate America. So I got hired on as the chief of staff of Nexalon America. In Nexalon America, we're building a plant in San Antonio to manufacture solar modules. And... Uh, I didn't, I didn't know it at the time. First, I was a little bit, uh, I didn't want to trade the army and the bureaucracy that's really part of that for the bureaucracy of corporate America. But it was really, it was, it was good that I did it. And I did it for about seven months. Um, I'll talk maybe a little later if you want about why I'm, I, I did leave there. But it gave me another side of this industry that I think really helped me in this side. But in the end, I, I left that company. And I came back and started what I really wanted to start, which was, was Solar Centex, which does uh, really installations. It was on the far, the far right side, the blue collar side of the industry. That's, a, that's very interesting how you elected to learn about the industry that you wanted to get into and where your passion was, that you're willing to be on the 104 degree roof on the, the one side, but you're willing to sit down with the, the manufacturers on the other and you could really talk about both sides of the equation. Um, touching on that, one thing you said earlier was when you were at the War College, the transition from being a tactician to thinking more strategically. As the business owner, what are some of the tactical things you deal with every day, but then what are some of the more strategic things you spend time on? Oh gosh, it's funny, uh, being, being a small business owner is, is very much like being, <laughs> a company commander and the battalion staff all rolled up in one. So, you know, I might be picking up the phone 
calling UPS saying, hey, where are the clamps so my guys can finish a job? Um, I'll call the distributors. Uh, there might be a hiring decision on a new installer. I mean, you name it, everything from traditional I'll call S1 personnel issues through um, uh, even things like IT. And, and, and for the record, every time that I've yelled at an S6 through the course of my career for not having the communications right, now that I handle all my own IT, uh, I apologize. I just I apologize. Just blanket apology for all uh, communications and signal officers. You, you guys had a tougher job than I realized. So, so um, now that now that apology is out of the way, mo most of my life is trying to, to divide, and this is not just my life, it's anybody's life, between the urgent and the important. And unfortunately, um, I think as we all know, the urgent wins out so frequently because it's usually, it directly relates to cash flow and getting jobs done. But what I've tried to do, especially over the last you know, two years, is more uh, make more routine processes that I become just not necessary to make things go. So a lot of times, just like today, I just check out and tell the office manager, "Hey, I'm going back to do this," and I'll concentrate on on the important. And I think what we've seen in the last three years in my industry, uh, there's not necessarily a high barrier to entry. So you can get people, and I guess I was there six years ago, who say, "Gee, I'm going to become a solar installer." And, you know, they put together their things to, to become a solar installer. So seeing where this industry is going, um, whether it's federal tax policy, uh, whether it's the price of energy in the Texas marketplace, all these things come into play on where I need to bring strategically this company. And so if you think over the last six years or so since you've been running the business, what's the biggest change you've made from the original business plan you thought through? Or where, where have you had to pivot or maybe change your strategic direction a little bit? And how'd you deal with making that big decision? Oh, boy. Yeah, uh, there are days I wake up and I think I have not reacted well enough. But um, what I have found my uh, niche to be in the industry is, is step back. There's a lot of things that uh, the typical rooftop installer will do, but they're kind of a one-trick pony. All they do is put solar on people's rooftops. What we've done is, is we've, um, we, we do some really complex um, projects. We do things that might involve a lot of fabrication. So our customized solar pergolas or solar pavilions are these you know, custom weld jobs. They wrap around buildings. They become overhead covers. They become outdoor structures like outside rooms. Um, and we've tried to stay in that. Whenever new technologies come out, we uh, try to implement them uh, in at least a cost-effective way, not necessarily just to be an early adopter, but to make sure we're doing something that differentiates us from other folks. Um, but the biggest thing has always been trying to make sure that our customer service support is, is, is really, really good. And, and I wish I could tell you I was perfect in that area, but uh, there are a lot of, if I could tell you the number of times that I've done work on somebody's solar system where we didn't install it, but the other person had been promised a, a lifetime warranty by the other company. And um, it, just, it just doesn't happen. So we, we try to follow through on that. And now we have found that probably 50% of our work is referrals from other customers. And I think, as you all know, that's that's the ultimate referral because it comes with instant built-in credibility. Absolutely, and I think 
when a client can reference a great job that you did or where you were innovative, that's always going to get you that referral. And you mentioned being an early adopter of some things. As you look at it, your company, and you look at it, the industry, what are you most excited about that's coming down the road that either you want to accomplish as a business or you think that's going to be dynamic in your industry? Oh, I, I think hands down right now, energy storage is the most exciting thing we do. Um, and when people hear energy storage, they think of just backup batteries. And I always tell them, I said, no, no, it's so much more than just backup for your home. Today's solar inverters with energy storage do what I call advanced home energy management. So an example on my home is that my house, uh, because of some of the monitoring systems built in, as it looks for energy from the utility grid, the inverter basically says, oh, no, 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 let's use some of this stored solar power. And it basically delivers that 24-7, it does that. And uh, boy, what, a, what an amazing difference that can make on an electric bill. So I got to tell a quick story. I hope you don't mind. But uh, we have a lot, of, uh, a lot of diesel pickup trucks to pull trailers. And in one of those trucks is my very original um, 2002 Ford F-350, an old 7.3 power stroke. Some folks think it's the greatest engine ever built. But it got to this point where I had so many electric credits built up from solar that I said, I've got to do something with this or my electric company is going to kick me out. I haven't paid a power bill for five years. I've got $700 in credits. So I go to the Chevy dealership and I say, I'm trading in the 7.3 Power Stroke and I want to buy a Chevy Bolt. And I had three guys in a row laugh at me. Like, no, you're not. I said, yeah, yeah, I want to buy that Chevy Bolt and get rid of the 7.3 Power Stroke. And I, and I did that two months ago. And, and my house is net zero and it's a spec home. I brute forced it to net zero with solar and that includes an electric car. <laughs> I'm going to think about you when I pay my electric bill next month and be <laughs> with a bit of jealousy. Uh, <laughs> um, tell, tell us a little bit about um, your typical customer and what it is you do. You talked a little bit about what sets you apart as far as customer service and some other things, but when, when we all think about serving our customers, um, what's the most important role you think you play in that relationship as part of the company? Well, the, in, in the solar industry, leads come in from so many different directions. And, and one, of the, one of my least favorite phone calls ever to get is from what we call lead generation companies, the ones that put all those pitches on the internet for free solar, the clickbaits of the internet. And, and I just pretty much don't answer those because those become a race to the bottom for customers. You know, you get some guy uh, or, or gal 11 o'clock at night surfing the web, they click on it. Next thing you know, my company's paying $1,500 for a lead that's been shopped to four or five other companies. We, we have stopped doing that. And what I've told my team is, let's, let's pick our own customers. So going back to that battalion staff analogy, you know, the, the Intel officer, uh, which I never was, but a little bit more respect for it. I said, let's go back and let's look and see who, who are the customers that we really want. And it turns out to be middle-aged homeowners, probably in their, generally in their 50s. They're settled into their lifetime home. Um, they have the cash available to put on a, a substantial investment in their home. Uh, they're concerned about energy inflation. Some of them are concerned about world events and want energy storage systems put in place. We have found that, that customer to be um, 
more lucrative, uh, better in the long term. Uh, it doesn't become a race to the bottom on pricing because they're at a point in their life that they recognize that cheap things generally don't last. Uh, they'd really prefer to pay for something that's done right the first time. And they know that somebody's around to help them uh, when something goes wrong. So, you know, selecting that, that customer base has helped. And, you know, just last month, we, we looked at another new technology, a database to help us even with further fidelity, do what I'm going to call micro micro targeting so that we can actually go after specific homeowners in, in, in neighborhoods where we installed solar because all my team would remark as they drove through neighborhoods, Oh, what a great roof that is. But it, it seems scary to the average consumer, but I can pretty much very quickly figure out if that's your home, you know, with a couple of clicks, I can probably get an email or a text message to you and just let you know personally, Hey, this is a great roof. I can put a solar system on it. You know, and we think that's going to be a nice direction for us in the future. Hey, hang on. So I, I messed up. We were confused about who's going to ask a question. We'll edit it out though. Okay. Good. And then we'll, we'll, we might do it out of order. Because yeah. Um, let's see. I think you should do it because you can transition better based on some of the stuff, you know? Okay. Um, Otherwise, I'd just be like, is there a leadership quote? Okay. Says like, hey, that, that's following up with that sort of thing, you know? Scott, when you think about uh, what inspires you every day, is there a leadership quote or a saying that you picked up along the way in your military career um, that you share, would like to share with the audience because it, it's inspirational to you? Uh, I wouldn't say it's, this is inspirational, but I have found it pretty practical. Um, Remember, I started life as an Army aviator, so I was surrounded by warrant officers who year after year were in the cockpit. So the quote of, uh, don't ask me which Chinese guy said it, but every man is my master in some way. And I've just had to realize that I don't know everything. I just got to find the people who do know it um, and get their ideas. Uh, so I've just tried to recognize whether it's my master electrician saying, hey, here's a better, more efficient way to design a system whether it's the sales team that says, here's what it really looks like on the ground from our viewpoint. But I've, um, I've had to recognize that. And sometimes I think that was hard for me as a small business owner, because when I started, I was the expert really in every facet. Uh, but now as we've grown after six years, um, being open to new ideas. So I go back to that quote a lot. It, maybe not enough according to my folks, but, but <laughs> certainly enough. Having been an entrepreneur that's built a business and run it for several years now, what advice would you give to a younger entrepreneur that came to you and said, hey, you know, I'm getting ready to start my business, um, you know, whether it's in the solar industry or not, what, what guidance would you give me or what are the major pitfalls I should look out for? Yeah, well, um, I, I will invite it and we, we speak to my, maybe my fellow Army teammates who were retiring who maybe have thought they want to do this, but are really scared. And it is scary. I, I mean, there were nights that I would wake up in the middle of the night thinking, what the hell am I doing? I should have just gotten a little safer job. I should have gone to work for somebody else. But it's been immensely satisfying. It's been um, financially, I mean, satisfying. Um, it's been a lot more work. So if anyone ever says, gee, you're gonna have all this free time. I mean, I think we all know here that it's just not true. <laughs> Um, I, I kind of live this job 24 seven. 
cell phones, I think, really make it a 25-8 scenario. Um, so it's, it's uh, uh, but having said all that, anybody, and, and, and Army officers don't have a monopoly on this. Uh, they really don't. But we all, I think, have the skill sets to manage projects, to be put in new situations. They all have the skill sets to do this. Getting over that fear of failure is a really big part. Um, fear of failure, I think, can really, really hold things back. Now, having said that, I think if I didn't have an Army military pension, I, I probably would have chosen something a little bit different. So I applaud anyone who's in their 20s and 30s and says, gee, I'm going to start something and not have any safety net to fall back on. But going back to the Army retiree, if, if you're in your late 40s, early 50s, I mean, you, you probably know a lot more about things than you realize in managing things to, to, to the end state. Is, is just something you've been doing for 20 years and, and doing that small business the same way. But one of my big gaps, um, and I've kind of recognized it is, of all the skill sets we learn in the military, we, we don't learn marketing. Uh, we really don't learn sales. I have learned with senior non-commissioned officers and senior officers, there's this mindset of selling that somehow selling is dirty. Um, I think it's, you know, come back from that, you know, the nobility of a, of a senior army officer. We don't have to sell, but um, I've watched that and I'm really reluctant. But so I have a retired first sergeant on my team who's a salesperson and he came to grips with selling when he realized it wasn't about selling. It was about educating somebody who really had already made a decision. They wanted solar. They just wanted the right information. So even to this day, he'll tell me, I'm not, I don't, I don't sell it to people. I'm just giving them the information they need. But in the end, I think in the industry, this works really, really well. So no hard pressure tactics. We come in, we give the information they need. If they take two weeks, four weeks, two months, that's what they need to make that decision. Remember, they already wanted the solar system. We just make sure they have the right information so they're comfortable with it. But it's also how I'm able to have our, uh, a retired first sergeant become very comfortable with the fact that what others might call selling to him, it's more just educating the end consumer. You, you mentioned having the retired first sergeant on staff. Uh, what initiatives do you have uh, either uh, hiring veterans, training veterans, or um, any of the services that you may offer um, out to people who are veterans or in the military community? So I'm right outside of, Fort Hood, and um, it's easier to find somebody who's not a veteran uh, than it is to find. Uh, when we first started, we had a lot of veterans on the team. Uh, for some reason, that's uh, that's drifted away a little bit, and and I, and I hope what I'm about to say doesn't come off. Uh, I hope it doesn't turn off anybody. But we have found a lot of the separating soldiers right now. Again, I hope this doesn't come out the wrong way. Uh, sometimes have a, a different mindset than uh, than somebody who's come out of high school who's been a local kid, didn't spend any time in the military. Uh, when they come in, uh, a veteran, when the first question becomes, what, what, what days do I get off and, you know, what are all the benefits? And I think, wow, you join the construction trades, which in essence we are. Um, it's it, almost a false level of expectations. Um, and I really got to caution some of the younger soldiers getting out that, I mean, sometimes uh, I always tell folks, if you want a four day weekend, you probably should have stayed in the army because there's none of those out here. 
Understood. No, that's 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 an important perspective to share with the listeners. And um, you know, I think uh, some folks are running businesses that are more military centric or veteran centric, and some folks are running businesses that are less veteran centric. Um, Jeff and I run a business that's uh, caters to a wide variety of people that's not necessarily veteran centric. So um, it's important to know both from an employer standpoint as well as a customer service standpoint um, who you're serving. So um, very well taken comments. Um, if the listeners want to get in touch with you, um, either because they want to tap into your brain for some entrepreneur and business owner expertise, or you never know, maybe there's someone in Central Texas that's listening and um, they'd like to have a net zero uh, energy bill for their home. Um, how can they get in touch with you? Sure. They can check us out at our website at solarcentex.com. They can contact me at my email, scott.airy at solarcentex.com. One T in the, in the Scott. Don't ask me. Ask my mother why. I don't know. Uh, scott.airy. Um, and also on LinkedIn. I'm certainly available at LinkedIn also. That's good. Thank you very much for your time today. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon, Scott. Uh, that's great. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us on the Financial Operating Base podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so send us your questions or feedback to financialoperatingbase at gmail.com.